eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You need to know what's happening. It's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. All right, guys, it's the AFC and NFC championship games. This is what we've been waiting for. My man Brian Baldinger, of course, Jason Lacanfora. I'm Carl Dukes. This is in the huddle. Subscribe, like us, watch us at In the Huddle Pod on YouTube. Many ways to access the show. We have a lot to talk about, guys. Two games, but we think we're going to get two really good games. And, fellas, let's start with what's going to happen in Baltimore. Um, I think this could be one for the ages with the quarterbacks and how these defenses play and the adjustments that need to be made depending on how things play out. The one thing that stands out to me, Baldy, and I want to start here, is Patrick Mahomes, okay, did not throw interception last year in three games. Has not thrown interception in two games this season in the postseason. If he doesn't throw one on Sunday, he becomes the first NFL quarterback in the history of the game to not have thrown an interception in six postseason games. We talk about turnovers always being an issue in these games. He's not turning it over. That is why they went to the Super Bowl last year, and they potentially have a chance to get back there this year. Well, what's interesting about it is – a lot of times, quarterbacks will play tight and not be aggressive. They're not turn the ball over. That's not Mahomes. Mahomes, he's he has not he doesn't know how to not play aggressive. I don't know if that's a double negative. I think it is, but but he that's his style. And the one thing about him, you a couple of throws last week that just remind you of how fast he resets his eyes when he avoids pressure when he bootlegs. When he comes out of some, you know, uh, position where he's just getting uh, contained and flushed, his ability to reset his eyes and make a stick accurate throw to Rasheed Rice or to 
Travis, or, you know, like even the throw to start the third quarter, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he didn't catch the ball. Mahomes just stuck it between his neck and his shoulder. Pad. He couldn't drop the ball. Like he had no choice but to catch it. It's, uh, it's, it's just amazing. You know, you watch the second half of the Super Bowl last year. I mean, the Eagles, they, they couldn't get them off the field. They never punted. They scored four straight drives in a row. Um, it's, an, it's an amazing attribute of his to be able to just be in the moment, to play as aggressive as he does and not have any fear and yet play that aggressive and not turn the ball over. It's amazing. Jason, how do the Ravens, who've been great defensively all year, try to stop this or at least slow it down? We know about the sack numbers. What do they do? Well, I mean, the reality is no one's really – stop Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. He has the highest passer rating in NFL playoff history. He's the first quarterback in NFL playoff history to go three straight playoff games without being sacked or turning the ball over. Um, it's not a great offensive line. They bleed a ton of pressure, but they're number one in the league in sack percentage because Mahomes knows when to run, when to scun it into the ground, right? When to throw it into the fifth row. Um, you're playing against a football genius. Uh, I do wonder, Baldy, I, I do wonder if they – and this I, the words are coming out of my mouth. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying them, but I wonder if they blitz him a little bit more than he's expecting. And we know Patrick Mahomes, you don't blitz him. It's all we've ever heard, right? And he's historically significant against the blitz. This year, and I think because of those tackles, he, he's only 16 in passer rating against the Blitz. Like, the Blitz this year, like, it, it's it's made him mortal. 92.9 passer rating, only seven yards per attempt, six touchdowns, two interceptions. And, and I bring this up because we've talked about the Ravens winning the Triple Crown, right? The first defense ever to lead the league in sacks, turnovers, and points against. Mm. They also damn near won the Triple Crown when they Blitz. When the Ravens blitz this year, they're first in opposer quarterback rating, 65.9. First in opposer yards per attempt, 5.7. Second in opposing quarterback completion percentage, 54.8. Third in touchdown to interception ratio, five touchdowns to six interceptions. And, and McDaniel, uh, McDaniel, McDonald's a little bit of a genius himself in when he does it and how he does it. I, I wonder if this will come down to can they stop the run? Not even stop it. Can they somewhat mitigate the run in their base defense with all those secondary pieces, all those, you know, the Hamiltons and all the sec and all the corners, right? And only two linebackers on the field. And then when he blitzes, when he brings the five or six, the slop blitz with Millet, maybe the slop blitz with Marlon Humphrey. This week. can can they can they stop? Well, it's, can, well, can they Jason, kill two drives, Baldy? Can they kill two drives with the blitz in this game? Well, they're going to blitz, Jason. They're they're going to. I mean, but. The way they, they actually blitz kind of conservatively, they're, they're not afraid to bring Patrick Queen, but because of the way they match up zone behind it. Like, they're not going to just leave guys exposed where, okay, you blitz, this is where the ball is going. This is my read. This is my hot side adjust right here. That's not how Baltimore allows you to play. They're, they'll throw a trap at you where you have to check it down. They'll go tackle the check down. But you saw what C.J. Stroud in the struggles he had last week, we all watched it, but I watched it against everybody except Matt Stafford this, this year. Yeah. And what Stafford did was 
Stafford just has the ability to throw it to Nakua or to Cooper Cup. Like, they're just throwing it to a spot. And the Ravens can't defend that spot. And so you have to be very, very uh, accurate with the ball. And you got to know where you're going with it when it comes. Because it's going to come. They're going to bring Queen or Roquan or bring them both, drop one. I don't, I don't think it's going to change. And I know because this, this defense, Jason, is different than everybody else's they played against. And so I, I think they're not going to have any fear doing it. I'm glad you brought up the Rams game, though, because I have another question about that game. If you go back and watch that game, right, mm-hmm. the Rams came out, they got funky. They said, we're going we're gonna to do whatever we have to do to run the ball. They ran the ball like nine they straight ran the times. Ball well. They ran the ball all the way down the field. And I talked to somebody on that staff afterwards, and I'm like, was that the plan and, and all along, and if so, why? And they were like, yeah, we were going to run McDonald out of the – we were going to run him into heavy personnel. We, right. We're going to force him to put the Broderick Washingtons of the world on the, on the field, right? We're going, to, we're going to force him to take a couple of athletic guys off that field, bring in the beef, and then we're going to throw the ball on him. Like, and Andy Reid in the playoffs, 24% of the time he's in 13 personnel. 7% the regular season, right? 80 snaps all season long in 13. 30 the last two weeks. Like – so and we know they can throw out of it and they can run out of it, but I wonder if he comes out with a, a, a with a similar because the Rams are the one defense. You're right. That that I mean the one offense. They the Rams had them for four quarters. Yeah, like they just did. The, the Rams played great. Really stop them. Let's yeah. Baldy. Let, let's talk about this aspect too. You just brought up Queen and and Roquan. They can run. This scrambling ability that we've seen with Patrick. There are very few linebackers in the league that can keep up. These guys can run. And, and you know, outside of what, the 49ers linebacking crew, these guys, I think, can maintain some contain, all right, when you talk about Patrick wanting to get out of the pocket and make those runs that we've seen that are just game changers, first downs. You know, he picks up 20 yards on a scramble and you don't expect it. I, I think that could play a huge role in this game. It can. It can. It's interesting because in a lot of places and a lot of teams that have been bounced out of this tournament so far, they de-emphasize the linebacker position, Dallas, Philadelphia. You could go on and on. But if you look at San Francisco and Baltimore, probably the two best defenses in football, they emphasize, first of all, the, the sets of linebackers, Greenlaw and Warner and Queen and Roquan, they never come off the field. So you you, you see all these defenses now, Carl, where they match up, they're, they're a dime, they're a nickel. Right. These, these guys, they never come off the field. They play every situation because, in large part, because of their speed, and because of their ability to play zone coverage, man, when they have to, but generally zone coverage, and then they rally to the ball. Their eyes are on the quarterback, and they rally no matter what you do, screen, uh, draws, all the stuff. They rally to the ball. And you see the speed shows up all the time. And they just flatten you. If you're trying to run these sweeps, they just flatten you to the sideline. To me, if you're looking at all these new coaches and all these new coordinators that are coming out, you should study San Francisco and Baltimore and the emphasis that they put in that position. Everybody and Jason can back us all up on all this because Baltimore's defense changed the day they traded for Roquan Smith. Yep. I mean, it literally changed the day he walked in the building. All the pieces fit all of a sudden, Bobby. Everything but, else around him. Well, they, 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 they put him, they gave him the green dot. He called the decent defenses. Patrick could just play and play fast and play in tandem. And Roquan wanted all the responsibility. Just the way Fred Warner, the day he got there in San Francisco as the third-round pick, he, he got the green dot. Like, he's running the defense. There's, there's no question who our leader is. 
And that's what Baltimore needed. Then they could do all these other things they do now. And it didn't matter if, you know, uh, Ronald Darby is playing corner or Marlon Humphrey is playing corner. It doesn't really matter. You know, we've seen Geno Smith. We've seen Kyle Hamilton. We've seen Marcus Williams. The guys playing the second, they're just playing the defense. It, Darryl Worley. We've seen Darryl Worley make big plays when he's had to play. Yeah. For this defense. <laughs> like, I'm not even – Darryl Worley's been a nice player for the Colonels. Yeah. Like, yeah. Guys, uh, we got to talk about Lamar. We're talking about the AFC Championship game. It is in the huddle, guys. Jason Lock on four, Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you, as always, here on our podcast. And we invite you to subscribe wherever you uh, find your podcast. <sighs> Big spot, right? Big spot. We know going into the playoffs, he needed to win the game last week. He did. He said this week, guys, you know, he doesn't like competing against Patrick Mahomes because he knows what he's got to compete against. But Lamar, this is the moment, right? I mean, this is where we thought he could be and in position to take his team to the Super Bowl. Does he overdo it in this moment? Does he try to do too much? Because he's been perfect, Jason, in how he's handled this. Well, I mean, look, it's it's human nature. Um, a lot more is asked of him than any other quarterback. Um, and this is uncharted territory. I I have no concerns really about his performance in this game. You know, I, I there may be some jitters early, but I think Lamar Jackson will have another um, huge game. I, I don't know, Baldy, about them pushing the ball downfield. Like I thought there were opportunities to do it against the Texans. They never really they never did it. They mm-hmm. attempted one pass play action under center the whole game. They attempted one pass that went over 20 yards in the air, 21 yards to bait, right? They had a 15-yard reception, a 19-yard reception, 21. The explosive plays came from Lamar's legs. The game-changing plays came from Lamar's legs. The bootleg on fourth and one, the two touchdown runs. Um, and then he had the moment of genius to to likely, right, sell the hell out of the keeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, And I think that's going to be similar. Like, I, I, you know, Spagnuolo's secondary, nobody's really got them. But you can run on them. And you can run on them a multitude of ways. You can run on them and spread with three wides and, the, and a light box. You you want to run with the fullback? They ain't so great against that either. And we'll see about Willie Gay, right? Like, I know, like, Willie Gay practice limited. Like, okay, even if Willie Gay plays, I, there's no way you're telling me Willie Gay is anything close to 100%, right? And that's the guy who would be spying Lamar. So I think the Ravens, I don't know that they're going to run for 150 yards in the second half like they did in this other game. Um but I, I think they're going to run the ball in a multitude of ways, and I think Lamar Jackson might run for 100 yards again. Carl, the question you asked is really the question. It's a great one. Does Lamar try to do too much? You know, because that's and, – and, and Jason's answer is that's human nature. Like, okay, this is my moment. I've got to go produce. And you just wonder if, if he thinks – he might think like that on today. We're, we're taping this on Thursday morning. You might think like that on Thursday morning going out to practice. But I think when he gets into the – because he even said, like, he wasn't great in the first half. Baltimore right. wasn't great in the first half. Second half, they were electric, just electric. And I kind of feel like Lamar's just going to – he's going to feel the rhythm of the game and he's going to do whatever's necessary. What impressed me last week was when Houston did blitz, they had an answer for the blitz. And not every quarterback, even if you have an answer, not every quarterback knows where to go with the ball as quickly and decisively 
and as accurately as Lamar did last week. It really impressed me because Houston, D'Amico knows what he's doing, and he sent a variety of different blitzes, Petrie out of the safety or Christian Harris, and and darn if Lamar just didn't know exactly where to go with the ball. And that's – I mean, we're talking about an evolution of a player. Like, there really was no defense for him last week. And Spags will have – he's going to blitz his corners. He's going to blitz his slots. He's going to get speed to Lamar. Okay, you can draw it up on paper. You can walk through it, you know, this week in Kansas City. Trying to defend Lamar right now looks like the hardest thing in the world to do. Yeah, I just – I think about this. I've been using a lot of basketball references, guys, (laughs) this week. And because the quarterbacks control the game like stars in basketball. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And and I think back to like when Jordan had 63 against the Celtics and people forget they lost that series. Right. Yeah. Mike was great, but I got to do it all. You know, I got to turn around jumper. I got to shoot a three. I got to dunk on bird. I got (laughs) it. And when he figured out, right. That I don't have to do all that. I just pick my spots. It's what Mahomes does in these games. I pick my spots. Lamar to your point, Baldy, Picking his spots. He if if you play that way, and I don't have to do it all, I got all of a sudden now I control the game. That's why I had the two touchdowns and two passing touchdowns last week and hundred yards rushing. I'm just controlling the game. That is the thing I see right now. And that's why they're so both of these guys are so dangerous. So it's interesting, you know, this happens not just last week, but it happens all the time. Like it's fourth down, like it was last last week, fourth to one. And Harbaugh, you know, I mean, the mic pick him up. You want to go for Lamar? Like he's he's telling Lamar, Lamar, you want to go? Yeah. Of course, Lamar wants to go. When you when you say we're going to put Justin Tucker out there, Lamar gets ticked off. Yeah. Like he wants to be aggressive, and he feels like in that moment, whether it's a quarterback keeper or it's quarterback seat, whatever it is, I just want the ball in my hands. And and Harbaugh does a great job of sort of giving him that rope. You 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 just you tell us, Lamar. You and I think it empowers Lamar, and and it's still. John's still in charge. He still has to make the executive decision. But I love that that moment where it's like, look, we're putting it on you, Lamar. Like, you want it? You go do it. And I think that's – we've seen that thing backfire before in past years. Yeah. That's backfired in a couple of games. But I have a feeling like when it comes down to it this week, if you're in there, you're almost going to be trying to defend Baltimore in four-down territory throughout the game. And I know you guys are watching right now and going, all right, so who's Baldy like? Who's Jason yeah. like? Who do you like, Dukes? We're going to tell you. Stay there. We're going to come back, though, and talk about biting kneecaps because that's what it might take this weekend for them to get over the hump. It's in the huddle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, let's get into the NFC championship game. 49ers at home, favored by seven. Jason, I mean, we talked about this earlier in the week. Brock Purdy didn't play well. I don't know how much I need to put stock into that going into this game. Is it in the back of his mind? We talked about the weather's going to look a lot better than it did last week. But how much pressure is on Purdy to come out and get started quickly? 
Oh, I think a lot. I mean, look, he has not been the same guy in close and late situations. I know he pulled one out last night or last week, but that game was 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 snug the whole way through. And up until that final drive, I think the narrative of the game was one quarterback far outplayed the other. Um, you know, we had the Darnell Savage drop big six. Like, we, we all know what happened. Um, so I think that for his confidence and, and – um, his performance of uh, coming out and shedding his skin from last week and being more accurate from the get-go would be imperative. Um, the Debo Samuel factor cannot be overstated. I mean, they go from all-time great, you know, yard per play output with him on the field to, you know, this year, 5.6 yards per play without him. Much more mortal. Uh, the run game goes from 5.6 a carry to 3.6 a carry without Debo. Um, and I think the run game is going to be huge. Detroit can stop the run. We know that. But come on, if there's no Debo, Christian McCaffrey's going to have to have himself a day, right, if you keep Brock Purdy in game manager mode. And I think in this game, you'd prefer to have him in game manager mode. Then you got to go out there and make a bunch of plays, son. You know, we're trailing. We're, 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 we're desperate. Uh, I think Aiden Hutchinson's going to be a big problem in this game. And Baldy, don't you just say Trent Williams? You eat. I, I just uh, Aiden Hutchinson against the right side of this offensive line for as many snaps as possible. Um, <laughs> I have issues, right? I have concerns about the 49ers in the trenches. I think Ragnall looks like he's playing. I think they can get pushed around on both sides of the ball a little bit here, and and uh, I give them more than a puncher's chance. Well, how, the offense, how, the, how, the good is, how good is how good is Aiden Hutchinson, Baldy? Before you go there, how good is he? How 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 good has he been this season in his development? Well, they play him everywhere. He plays inside. He plays outside. He beats just about every guard when he lines up over the guard. So they move him around so that you can't really game plan where he's going to be. But his effort is supreme. Nobody nobody really plays any harder. But he's got he's got a lot of moves to defeat. You know, good tackles. I mean, whether it's a spin, whether it's a rip. Whether it's he's just got tremendous feet and he's got tremendous work ethic, like he just never stops coming, and so he plays with a tremendous amount of uh, of energy and it kind of fuels everybody else right now. Um, I, he does. I, I, I like if he goes over Trent Williams, I don't, he's not going to beat Trent. No, uh, Trent I just, just I, but I forget that. Fuck yeah, it. yeah. I so that. I mean, if he's over Colton McKivitz or he's over John Feliciano, who's over at right guard for San Francisco this week, I mean, he he can beat him. He can beat him quickly. You know, so, but, you know, Detroit, Detroit does a lot of stuff defensively. They'll play four safeties at one time, depending on what you're going to do. I don't think you can do that against Christian McCaffrey. I expect to see, like, why would you, why would you put McCaffrey on any kind of a pitch count? Why wouldn't you put the ball in his hands 25 times easily? Mm -hmm. um, you know, he had a week of rest. They, uh, maybe the calf is still there, a little muscle injuries, but, you know, with him getting all those massages during a game last week, but why wouldn't you just the 31 yard touchdown run, the touchdown run to win the game? Why wouldn't you just pound McCaffrey and just see what Detroit's made of and play action pass off it? And look, you got the touchdown pass to Kittle last week off a, a broken play. Like, take your chances on those kind of things, but put the ball in McCaffrey's hands and let him be the MVP of the game. Guys, let's talk about real quick the, the, the Lions aspect of this. You're talking about McCaffrey. Lions run the ball effectively too, guys, right? I mean, Montgomery and Gibbs, 
I'm stuffing these guys down the 49ers' throat. If I'm Ben Johnson and I'm Dan Campbell, I'm going, they got to show us they can stop us, right? I think you go on the road, time of possession, Baldy. Control the, the, the tempo. You keep McCaffrey and company off the field. I got to run the ball if I'm the Lions. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you, you just Jameer Gibbs in that fourth quarter last week had five touches for 75 yards and the 30-something yard touchdown run where Antoine Winfield Jr. looked like he was just in a deep freeze. Um, you know, they, that's they, they, they do this all the time. They start with Montgomery. They run Montgomery. They throw it to Montgomery. And then they just start working Gibbs in. And it's really, it, it, it's really effective. Montgomery breaks a lot of tackles. He's a yards after contact runner. And then Gibbs just has this explosive speed. And it looks like nobody really knows exactly what angles to take to tackle this guy. And so it's, 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 it's really effective and how they, what Ben Johnson does to maneuver the field, the field position, the, the, his motions and shifts to get guys open. Like they're, they're a very talented offense. They have everything to be, you know, to, I mean, cause I remember talking to Nick Bosa early in the year when his sack numbers were down and he's like, look, Baldy, if the quarterback doesn't hold the ball, I'm not getting there. Mm. And, you know, the way that you play action, the way that they run it, the way the ball comes out fast. Uh, Laporte looks like the next Travis Kelsey to me. Like, it, it's hard. It's hard on the defensive line to affect the game. Is it crazy for me to think, real quick, Jason, that I trust Jared Goff in this situation? Is it crazy? Because this guy's been to a Super Bowl. He's playing great. He's got a lot of, got a lot of playoff experience. Yeah, yeah, I just I'm trusting Jared Goff going into this game. Well, if if they do what I think they're going to do in the run game, the, the things should be set up for Jared Goff um, to have to make one or two plays a drive to keep it going to get them in at least field goal range. Like, I don't think Jared Goff's got to come out first down play action deep shots all over the place. I I, I think they can run it inside with Montgomery um, all day long. And I think they can run outside zone and pitch plays to Jameer Gibbs all day long and wear this defense out. Um, I, I like the way this sets up. I mean, no team in the NFL ran more under center than the Detroit Lions this year. And it's weird, Baldy. I find this a lot. Teams that have a certain identity on offense, a lot of times their defense, even if it's a good defense, sucks against those things. And it's clear here, like the 49ers, first thing you think of with Kyle Shanahan, right, is, is Alex Gibbs and the outside zone running. But they can't stop outside zone. Like San Francisco struggles against it. They were 30th this year, 4.9 per carry against outside zone. You know, Kyle, who uses a fullback more than Kyle? Well, I don't think Detroit's a fullback as much of them, but they're running from under center more than them. And when they do it, they're third in the league in, in yards per carry, right? They're They're – they're uh, second in the league in, 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 in touchdowns. They have two tight ends on the field almost the entire All game. All the time. San Francisco can't stop under seven, under center runs. Like, they, like and just I look at how this matches up. Like, pitch plays to Gibbs, right? We know what that is. Since week 14, the 49ers allow 8.7 yards per pitch play on the ground. Like, I think, I think it could be – a real problem for them. And I, Baldy, I think this is the game where like, I think Gibbs needs more than nine runs in this game. You know what I mean? Like 
I think Gibbs needs 15. You know, like it's been, you look at, it's, it's always like 11 Montgomery, yeah. 10 Gibbs. Not yeah, Montgomery, split. 8 Gibbs. Like, I, the explosion's coming from Gibbs, brother. Like, save yeah. Montgomery for the red zone and go hammerhead and don't F it up. But, like, I think Gibbs, if you really let him get a lather up, I think he can get going. I mean, none of the defensive metrics for San Francisco against the run look good. And I'll also throw this out there. Since the Baltimore game, that's four games now for San Francisco. Five stacks on 133 opposing dropbacks. 3.8% sack rate. Bosa, last four weeks, pressure less than 13% of the time. Chase Young, pressure 8% of the time. Hargrave, pressure only 9% of the time. And Kinlaw is a total non-factor. Those four guys, the last four weeks, have combined for one and a half sacks. Yeah. If it ain't if it ain't more than that in this one, Jared well, Goff will be the better quarterback. I, but how long does Ben Johnson wait to attack Ambry Thomas? I mean, because he, he <laughs> completely lost last week. Yeah. And he just takes, you know, you it just takes one of those pass interference penalties. He had two of them last week. I mean, you flip field position 40 yards like they did. Next thing you know, you're like you're knocking on their door. Like I would I would test that kid. Because uh, there, there's no way he could be confident after the game he had last week. All right, one last thing, uh, and we're going to tell you who we like. All right, we do have some coaching news we need to talk about, and we're going to do it in just yep. a second. But is it possible that Dan Campbell will be too aggressive in this game? Going for it way more than he should. I mean, we talk about Campbell in his style. You know, biting kneecaps, that, that's what this is going to equate to, right? I mean, you want to go for it every time? Can he be too aggressive in this game? He can, but th- but that's why they're here where they're at. That's why they were on um, the first game of the season, Thursday night football in Kansas City. They're, they're here because of that aggressiveness. It, and the mentality that has been put into their team, whether it's, you know, safety blitzes that they run, whether it's fake punts, whether it's I, I saw him go for for it on fourth down over 40 times this year. I don't know, Jason, where that stacks in the league. Maybe you might have that number, but it's it's high. It's up there. Like you can do it, but it's also why they're here. And so you can't just all of a sudden go, well, now we're going to play it safe. That's not going to happen. We're going to still. I remember when Dan Campbell went to play the Rams his rookie year as a coach, and they almost beat the Rams by onside kick and a fake punt. And that stuff worked for him to get him into the, you know, get him deep to the fourth quarter. So I don't think it's going to stop here. And if it, if it, if it comes back to bite him, then it just comes back to bite him. But I think everybody, nobody's second guessing yeah. his aggressive decisions. What's too aggressive? That would be my question. You know what I mean? Like, where is yeah, yeah. that line? Okay. Opening drive and it's fourth and eight from their own 18. Like, <laughs> you know, right, he tries right. fake punt there. Okay. But like, Really, I mean, anything from their 35-yard line out and fourth and less than – and three or less, I think it's fair game. And, and that's – but, like, that's – like, to Baldy's point, that's who they've been all year long. So that's not going to send a weird message to the sideline. It's not going to make the guys on the field feel a certain way other than we're treating this opponent like we treated everybody else, which is we're going to hold the ball longer than you and we're right. going to extend our drives, and that's how we beat you. So I remember real quick, six years ago, Doug Peterson was coach of the Eagles. And the year before his first year, he went for it in fourth downs all the time. A lot of times it backfired and people were like, you know, you and your analytics, you know, you and your analytics, right? 
Well, they got the fourth and two against the Patriots in a Super Bowl game, and they pulled out Philly special. Right. And I feel like maybe that's the type of play that Dan pulls out and goes, okay, it backfired. We, we, we got beat in some games. But when it counts the most, we're going to have no fear about pulling that play out to go win the game. And I think that's how Dan's going to think, and that's how he's thinking all week long here. What situation do we pull the play out and we have the play for the situation because we've rehearsed it, we practice well, it. Two point, the two-point conversion in Dallas is the perfect example. Yes. Oh, that they got screwed on. Who's the tackle eligible? You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And the yeah. jump pass to the tackle and then all the controversy. They got screwed on. Yeah, I uh, don't change who you are. That's what we're talking about, guys. You don't change who you are when you get here. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to tell you who we like in both games. We're also going to talk about a hire that happened last night and news that just happened as we're doing this podcast. We're coming back. It's in the huddle. All right, guys, we knew he was coming to the NFL. We weren't sure where he was going to land. And we're talking about Harbaugh. John is in the AFC Championship game, and Jim now is headed back to the West Coast. I want your opinions, guys. Right job. What does he do there? How quickly are they back in the mix with the Chargers? I am more surprised, to be honest with you guys, that the Spanos, and we don't know what the numbers are, ponied up whatever money it took. high. Whatever money it took to get this deal done, we know Don Yee is not going to, you know, do a, a cheap negotiation, his agent. So I'm more surprised about that. But giving your initial thoughts, Harbaugh to the Chargers. Well, I think to me that was the, the play all along. Um, I think Jim's wife uh, wants to live in California versus some of the other spots. They've lived there in San Diego and in San Francisco. So to go to L.A., I think, you know, with his family situation – like that was a, a big consideration. And then Justin Herbert is a consideration. And then the team that just always fell short in LA and just always fell short. Like this is my job to make sure they never fall short again. I believe the chargers will be in the playoffs next year. I believe the thing that they have always lacked is toughness, mm. physical toughness, injuries, injuries are always an excuse. Like I think all that stops today. It all stops today. Like, this is going to be a new Chargers regime. Um, he played for the Chargers, you know, late in his career. Like, he's going there to rescue the Chargers and make <laughs> them the team of Los Angeles. It, it was this or bust. Like, he wasn't going to Atlanta and Rich McKay and we're going to we want to keep the GM. Like, look at the other jobs, right? Houston, uh, Tennessee. She doesn't really want to pay. She doesn't want somebody in there to tell her how to really run the franchise. And she kept the the GM, right? Mm. Like Seattle, like him and John Snyder. Like John Snyder's just had the Pete Carroll thing. You know what I mean? John Snyder's finally getting a chance to hire his own head coach. You know what I mean? Is he, is he really going to like? Is he really going to go for Pete? Like another uh, the offensive version of Pete Carroll? Like no, that's not a fit. You know, like you look at at these these other jobs. Like no, it was this. Right. Or, or or go back to Ann Arbor and, and see what happens. And he's got the quarterback. And, you know, wouldn't shock me if it's somebody from Baltimore's front office who goes there to run. Like Joe Ortiz. Like, he's Harbaugh's brother can tell you, yeah, Joe Ortiz. Like, he's the guy. <laughs> he helps Eric run the drafts. Yeah. Look at our roster. You know what I mean? Like, it's not rocket science. Like, this one and – to Baldy's point, it's he's been there, he's played there, he's coached in California, he's played in California. You know, 
this is it. This is the last ride. Like he'll do this for eight years, 10 years, whatever it turns out to be. And that'll be that. And he wins everywhere he goes and he wins quickly. And he knows the college players inside out. So he comes in with a head start. Like in San Francisco, he's going to hit the ground running. He's going to find kids in the fifth and sixth round who he knows are better than that because he was in their friggin' houses when they were in high school. Yep. And he knows what the parents are like. And he knows what the janitor and the cafeteria lady think mm-hmm. of them. So look out. Yeah. You got freaking Herbert. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's that that staff's not going to come cheap either. So he oh, makes sure no. that, oh, they're going to write a lot of big checks to bring that staff in there to do it his way. And it's, you know, to me, if you're the Spanos family, why would you wait any longer? Right. Like, just go all in. Right. They went all in in free agency. It didn't really work out. They they signed some bad guys and J.C. Jackson, some people. Just go all in on the coach and his vision and how to do this. Like, stop. Tom Telesco's out. Like, let Jim just come in and put Jim's system in place and let him do it his way. And just ride ride that wave. Just get out of his all way. In. Just get out of his way. Let Jim do it his way. They, they ain't going to be 32nd in yards per carry next no. year either. I don't, no, I, don't, yeah. I don't even care who the running back is. He's not there yet. Well, it'll probably he's, be Blake Carham. You know, Blake Carham yeah, sure could be, be right? his running back. Yeah. yeah. No, but that's, like, that's a good point. It's good. Herbert's going to all of a sudden have, be put in positions to succeed even more than ever before because you're going to have to defend their run game with multiplicity. I knew Harbaugh was gone, guys, a few weeks ago when I heard – that he wanted, uh, you know, if he was going to come back to Michigan, that he wanted security in his contract against the NCAA and potential punishments. (laughs) And I knew he was gone because there was no way that was going to happen, right? He was out of there. Either way, I'm excited. I want the best coaches in the NFL. I love the fact that he brings some cachet and the things he's been. This is good for the league. And so from that (laughs) standpoint – it doesn't matter if you like the dude or not. Whatever your opinions are, this is great for the league, man. Well, it, it, honestly, like, I'm not a big guy to watch press conferences or pay any attention to it because we all know what we get. But you have to watch Jim's press conferences. You, you, every week you have to watch. You don't know what he's going to say, how he's going to react. It was like Parcells back in the day. Yeah. Like, maybe he's on your good side that day. Maybe he's just got something yeah. up his, you know, <laughs> like he's got a burr up and he's just going to, like, lay into it. You don't know what he's going to do. And that's kind of – we miss the personalities of coaches big time. That's like it. these coaches are important. It's important for the, the threads that we write stories about or that we follow. Um, we can't wait to see coaches that honestly get out of the coach speak and just speak their mind. Good or whatever it is. And you're going to get that from Harbaugh every week. One other thing, guys, it's uh, coming down literally as we're doing the podcast. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us. Vic Fangio agreeing to be the new D.C. in Philly. Yesterday, uh, Miami and Vic Fangio parted ways. Mutual agreement, not working. Immediately, (laughs) he's in Philly. Philly also is going to hire a new offensive coordinator. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, Vic was there as a consultant before he went to Miami. So, I mean, all the guys that honestly, whether it was Wink Martindale, whoever, you know, was scheduled to interview – they already knew Vic. He was already in the building for a year. They've been around him. And so he already had their trust. And he went to a Super Bowl. Now, you can say Jonathan Gannon was the defense coordinator, and he was. But Vic was there. And so sometimes you just go with what's familiar. And I think that's what led them to, as soon as that you know that thing broke in Miami, 
Like, I, I thought right away he's coming to Philly. And I, I thought that they all would get done. They thought they, they thought it was happening a year ago. And that's why they ended up scrambling and ended up with Sean Desai. Like, they thought that he was going to do this a year ago. And then Miami got his ear and threw a ton of money at him. And now let's try to find some Fangio disciple to come in here and, and plug the gap. But, like, this is what Howie and those guys wanted and, and Jeffrey wanted a year ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not surprising in the least. And we've been talking about the Eagles situation for weeks. And I told you guys, there wasn't just a soft defrocking of the D coordinator. The offensive coordinator's role changed down the stretch as well. And there were more hands on deck and more people involved in play calling. And there was going to be a, a – they that's the whole Sirianni thing, right? It came down to we already know we're blowing out a lot of your top assistants a year after we lost them all, right? Can we can we put something together to prop you up again, or are we starting from scratch? That's why it took two weeks to sort out. Like that's what it came down to, and they decided to go this route. Look, yeah, I got a comment with the Washington Post right now. There's eight guys I can tell you right now go into next year already looking over their shoulder. They have to be. Like this is one of them. The guy in Miami, he's on that list for me too now. After that, like. I mean, she's a win. The, the, the churn in Miami, like, it never stops. They yeah. never go two straight off seasons with the same front office and the same staff. It doesn't happen. Like, you know, like McCarthy, like, there, you, you, there's already, like, Eberflus, right? You got to win with that quarterback now. Look what yeah. Houston did with C.J. Stroud. Like, you're not getting Caleb Williams in there to go 7-10. and 10, You know what I mean? Like, we were doing that with Fields. Like, mm-hmm. A quarter of the league's already on notice for next year. You just just go through the divisions. You can, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It is uh, it is interesting, and there are a bunch of interviews. You know, just guys, so much is going to play out here over the next week once we get past the AFC and NFC championship games with these coaching hires, and there are more to get to. But the Harbaugh thing, big deal because everybody wondered where he was going to end up. Um, last but not least, guys, who do we like? Who advances to the Super Bowl this weekend? I'm I'm saying, like, I think upsets can certainly happen this week, and we might very well see it. But I'm saying with the two number one seeds, I think both teams, San Francisco and Baltimore, struggled early in their games, in large part because of the rust and trying to get back into a rhythm. They played better late in the games, uh, both sides of the ball. And so I think they got that game out of their system. They got the win. And now I think you're going to see both teams at their very best. I don't think home field makes any bit of a difference to either one of the opponents, Detroit or to Kansas City. I think they've all played in green, but they've all gone on the road and won this year. But I I think these have been the two best teams all year, and I think that's what we're going to see in the Super Bowl. Jason, what do you think? I'm going to say 24-23 Ravens and 27-24 49ers. But good games. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I think one – I don't I, – I haven't put my name to it, but I, I do think one of these road teams is going to pull it off. Like, I I, I do. I, mm. I do. But I'm, I'm going to say that's – that's my. those are my official predictions. That's what I've done for other people. I'm going to stick with it. Um, but I think it – I don't think it's going to be easy. And somebody – somebody might – Screw it up. This is uh, if it's Detroit and Kansas City for Super Bowl Fifty Eight in Las Vegas, it won't surprise me. It just won't. No, I know I'm sitting here on the fence and I'm hedging, 
I'm, I'm, I'm taking the two t- home teams. So I think they're going to play at a very high level, but it won't surprise me to see either side. I mean, Detroit's got I – mean, when you play as loose and fast they got a good like team. they will, yeah. and there's zero pressure on Detroit. Just go in there and just let it hang. and Like, they're built for the moment, for sure. I think Jared Goff's got a chip on his shoulder, and he's playing like it, right? I mean, you, you dissed me. You didn't think I was good enough. You know, Campbell, after the post game, that first game they won, right, he throws him the game ball and says, you're good enough for us, right? Yes. I mean, that was a hell of a comment. Yes, so it was. I, uh, I like the Ravens, man. I just think they've been on it all year. That defense is legit. And, and I, I think the upset, to your point, Jason, is the Lions. I, I'm going to go Lions with an upset. Great games. I'm with you. I think they're going to be close. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter, potentially a last drive, however it may shake out or stop. But it's going to be fun. And we are going to be back talking about the Super Bowl and getting you ready with all the coaching hires and talking about how this is all shaking out next week. I cannot wait. Guys, enjoy the game. Uh, Baldy, I know you're going to enjoy the game one way or the other. (laughs) Jason, enjoy. Uh, It's going to be fun, man. And we'll be back with you guys next week. It's that time of year. We're finding out who's going to the Super Bowl. It's in the huddle. Subscribe and like us, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.